All right, it's March 8th, and this is another episode of Headliners. Today we're talking about Ryan Reynolds being a really nice Canadian, Steven Spielberg getting all hot and bothered over Netflix awards uh, eligibility, and we're not talking about Michael Jackson documentary. It's all three of us again, myself, Dave, and Jimmy. Let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I've seen three movies in my life. Bridge on the River Kwai, Patton, and Herbie Fully Loaded. You serious, Clark? I always tell it to Is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Did that go the way you thought it was going to go? Nope. Nope. All right. Last weekend's, last weekend's box office, March 1st to the 3rd, how to Train Your Dragon was first with $30 million again, back-to-back weeks. Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral debuted at number two at $27 million. Number three was Elite Battle Angel at $7.2 million. In fourth place was Lego Movie 2, the second part, at six point six. And fifth place was Fighting With My Family, four point six mil again. Green Book, number six, it got another boost because of the awards. Good for them. Nice. Wonderful. How about that? Yeah. You win the award, people are like, I want to check this out now. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. It's a great movie. I liked it. I've always liked it. And I, well, I picked it, so I'm, I'm better than you. Whatever year it was that uh, King's Speech won Best Picture. Oh, so good. That year, I remember, I was in college still, so I watched the Oscars and uh, hadn't seen like any movie. Mm-hmm. And I, that was the one year I was like, I gotta see all these movies. So I went and saw as many as I could. I downloaded as many as I could. The Oscars do that to you. Yeah, yeah, especially the winner though. King's like, yeah, that King's Speech is a good movie. It is. Yeah, I think it's crazy. You said that that was the first year I actually watched all the movies. The King's Speech one. Me too. So that's crazy. We're yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was just that good of a year for. Uh, it was a great I don't, year. What else was nominated? I couldn't tell you. It had, top of my head. I think it was 2011. I'll look it up if we want to. I'll come back for it. Yeah, my uh, my buddy, about a year and a half later, he tells me, he's like, hey, I watched the, the best movie ever last night. Have you ever heard of it, The King's Speech? I'm like, yeah, fucking, it won the Academy Award for Best Picture. He's like, oh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was like a diamond in the rough. I never heard of it. <laughs> well, I think everyone thought it was a diamond in the rough, and then it won. It's incredible. All right, you still looking for that, or? Uh, it's 2011. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, The Kids Are All Right, 127 Hours, The Social Network, Toy, Jesus. Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. You know, that is a, that's a big list. That is. Wasn't that the first year or the second year that they expanded it to ten? Maybe Winter's. Bo- I'm, just, I'm just saying that was like there's good there's good names on that Inception, yeah. The Fighter, yep. Maybe not the Fighter. That's a home Homer. No, me, no, but... no. The Fighter's a good movie. Okay. I like. I, yeah, I, I can like never tell Fighter. you guys. You guys like crush my brain saying yeah. like every New England movie is shitty. Have you guys seen Winter's Bone? I feel like I've had to have I told haven't. you to see it. Jennifer. I don't think Jennifer I have. Lawrence. That's uh, when I first fell in love with her. Hmm. Good book you, too you, by you Daniel Woodruff. Yeah. True Grit is the reason I got back into reading and then I never stopped. I I, well, I read I read my whole life as a kid. And then I think when I went to high school, I stopped reading or no, I crushed all the Daniel Brown books. Then I stopped. Wow. And then True Grit, I used to read like a book a week when I worked at Domino's. 
Then they fired me for reading so much. Nice. It's like what well, makes sense. I don't, I don't know how you could. Oh, I would. I would deliver uh, a pizza, and then I'd read a chapter, and then I'd go back to the store. Wow. Yeah. No, I'd fire you too. Eh, depends on how long the chapters are. I did everything in that fucking Domino's. Iqbal hurt his back on a piece of ice. I did all of his insurance paperwork. <laughs> his name was Iqbal. Yeah, Iqbal. It was awesome. <laughs> He smelled like he swam to work in a bottle of cologne. <laughs> and his wife was 20 years younger than him and like hot as hell. And I was like, what's going on over here? <laughs> what's India all about? <laughs> yeah, it's purchasing. Okay, so uh, let's just segue easily into things worth mentioning but not worth discussing. This week, Internet Nice Guy Ryan Reynolds reminds everyone that he is Canadian. And so is John Candy, who died 25 years ago this week. He posted a nice, nice little like montage. It was nice. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know if there was any biting s- sarcasm or anything in the way you wrote this, but you're, you're, no, you're, was... you're genuine. Genuine. Yeah. Okay, it was nice. The, the post was, was great because it was kind of out of nowhere. I just checked Twitter that morning, and he was like, "Here's an awesome highlight reel of John Candy's life." Yeah, because Ryan Reynolds is incredibly polite. He's an incredible gentleman, and he's entertaining as hell. And I love him. I'd marry him. Do oh, you yeah. think? That he's not remembered as much as he should be. Like, maybe it's just who I surround myself with, but Chris Farley gets so much more, like, tragic love, and Belushi yeah. gets so much more tragic love, and Candy was just as funny as those guys. I think he was, but wasn't he, like, a 10 years older or so? Yeah, but he was still around the same time. Like, he just, I feel like he was he was older. I, I, I yeah. agree with you. I just think the others are... People consider them more tragi- tragic or remember them more just because they're so young. So it's more of a like cut down in your prime. Oh yeah, but yeah. Candy so wasn't John Candy, Candy wasn't old. He had to be what in his fifties. Yeah, no. So John Candy, he he had a prime. He was in it. Where the other guys were like, they were still like going up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I he was forty three. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I I've always I always confused him and Farley too sometimes. Well, that's not not. Body. I know, but like. No, no, I'm just saying, like, well, yeah, you know that comedian who died in uh, a heart attack or whatever? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, those guys. They're all the same. Because they all died relatively, like, around each other, right? There's only a few years difference. Yeah, I think within, like, a five or six year span. Uh, He died in 94, and I'm pretty sure Farley died in, like, 99. Hmm. Okay, so, uh, and I know Belushi was drugs, Farley was drugs, but he was... Heart attack, I think. Heart attack. Well, I'm sure they're, I don't know. I'm and sure then, he did a ton of drugs. And then what? Like the that, other guy but... from the other guy from SNL was Phil Hartman was a uh, murder. Oh, yeah, that was so much that different. Is so I hate that story. That's that's real tragic. John Candy. Let me list all the movies here that are phenomenal. Cool Runnings, okay. great. Phenomenal. Yep. Rookie of the Year. He plays a play-by-play guy. Great. Yep. <laughs> um, he was in JFK. I don't really remember him in that. Home Alone as Gus Polinsky. Obviously, that's awesome. Uncle Buck, Sheboygan. classic movie. Uncle Buck is the greatest like '80s movie. I, I love think. that movie. Have you guys seen The Great Outdoors? Yes. Is it good? I've never seen that one. Mm-hmm. Planes, trains, and automobiles. We have an episode where we reviewed that. Spaceballs. I don't really think I'm going to know anything before this. Yeah, I don't know any of the other any of this early stuff. The first one I know about him from is Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. It's great. So John Candy, shout out. 25 years ago, died. R.I.P. in peace. I got another story about another John here. Johnny Depp. (laughs) 
files a $50 million defamation lawsuit against his ex-wife, Amber Heard, who I legally have to let you know is gorgeous anytime I say her name. She's look at pictures of Amber Heard in that one movie that they were in together. That was a book yeah. by Hunter S. Thompson. The Rum Diaries. The Rum Diaries. Johnny Depp found it in the closet after Hunter S. Thompson had died. And he's like, what's this? He's like, must be a book he was working on. Anyway, go look at pictures of Amber Heard Rum Diaries if you want to look at a gorgeous woman. But she's also crazy, and that's why he's suing her for $50 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we spoke about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. I, I, I fucked guys. it up. I fucked it up. This is what, what? I should have said. And this lawsuit is going to be as ugly as they are attractive. <laughs> nice. Nice save. I got, I, I got that it. That was a much better segue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was perfect. Okay. Let's All keep right. going. Dave Chappelle's iconic skit, Piss on You, making fun of R. Kelly after the allegations that he peed on girls, apparently really pissed off uh, R. Kelly to Zing. the point where he wanted to fight Chappelle. Yeah, well, Sheehan thinks this is why Chappelle's Jack now, like 10 years later. Yeah, he's constantly, I mean, you don't get jacked overnight. R. Kelly, bad guy. Dave Chappelle, funny guy. Good guy. He's, Chappelle's a good guy. Do you see what kind of um, mentor he was to Bradley Cooper? <laughs> I don't know if we know that he's a good guy. We know that, That's a, we know that he's got a, a somewhat sensible head on his shoulders, kind of. Yeah, he, He's good until that. proven otherwise. Yeah. R. Kelly, bad guy. Yeah. Did you Bad. guys see his crazy rant on the news this week? No. It's, R. Kelly? Yeah, oh yeah, R. Kelly. He gave like his first interview since everything came out, and he just he comes across as a crazy person screaming. Well, I mean he is a crazy person screaming. I know, but I mean you would think he like try and hold it together for an interview. Nah, not his style. Yeah. Am I up next? Yes, oh, the are. Sandlot is being made into a TV series. Featuring the original cast, this is something that should never have been made or even thought about being made. It's being made because of people like me. Sandlot's mm-hmm. in my top ten movies ever. It's a masterpiece. Everything is wrong, but it comes out so good. Everything's going to be wrong about this TV series. It's going to come out so bad. It's going to be someone I was DMing someone about it. They said it's going to be like Fuller House, but even worse. Oh, God, I hope not. But I, I like... I'm interested in it. No, you're I know not. It's gonna, yo, I am. I am. Because I want to see what they do. Because it's his original cast 25 years after the fact. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, so it's it's going to be, be like Fuller House. They're going to have kids that are going to be playing in the neighborhood. It's, it's Well, because at the end of the Sandlot, they're they, so different by the end of it. Yeah, they, they actually, like, one guy is a wrestler. One guy's the announcer for the Dodgers. One guy is on the Dodgers. They're not going to stay they, true to that. Two people just they disappeared into the 60s. Yeah. It's, it's going to be great. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna, it's gonna be great. They didn't disappear into the '60s. They got pretty into the '60s. Oh yeah. And they never heard from them again. Yeah, if they never heard from them again, they can't do. Anyways, I I like the Cobra Kai show that YouTube put together. It's surprisingly very good. Where'd that come from? What? Because this is like the Cobra Kai, which uh, is the Sam like the TV show twenty five years later of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Connect that. Connect that dot. Cool. So you think there's no way Gertram can be in it because he got lost in the 60s? Yeah. That's my Sandlot TV show theory. I want to see Wendy. 
She's got like 13 kids with squints. Nine. Nine kids. Nine They're going to cast Amber Heard as her. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> that'd be good. After a ton of... Yeah, there's no way she would look like Amber Heard at 25 years. Who who, who, uh, who invented Timmy and Tommy? Didn't they invent like the strip mall? Something like something ridiculous like that, yeah. Yeah, they invented Rich. mini balls. Brilliant. Squints grew up and married Wendy Peppercorn. They have nine kids. They bought Beautiful. Vincent's drugstore and they still own it to this day. Okay, so there. They own the drugstore. Hamilton and it's all Porter circled around the drugstore. Yeah, the great Hambino. De Nunez played triple A ball but never got to the majors. He owns his own business now and he coaches Little League team. I'm reading this transcript. I understand that, yeah. <laughs> what a good movie the Sandlot is. I might watch it tonight now. No, you gotta wait till summer. It's a, it's, okay. I, I can see that. It, it, it is baseball very much season. Summer. No, I'll get you to move for baseball season. We, man. D- we did it. We did it on the Fourth of July episode. So if anyone wants to hear me talk romantic about the Sandlot, go listen to that episode because I was about to give the whole spiel again. But uh, yeah, no. But remember, you were so pissed off because we went with uh, war movies instead of summer movies. Did I? Did I? Oh yeah, we we put it to a vote, right? Yeah, and you lost, and you were you were very upset. I think I I think I just hijacked it and talked about the you Sandlot did. anyway. Absolutely, it's like seven minutes of you just like talking to yourself about <laughs> Sandlot. It's so good. All right. Man. So you should go check that out. It's our 4th of July episode in 2018. Check it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, in superhero talk, I know Jimmy loves this, Warner Brothers has finally given up on pushing its ensemble superhero movies, which will and they'll instead focus on individual stories. They can't compete with Marvel's ensemble success, so they ha- but they have characters that people love, so it makes a lot of sense, and it's about time. Yeah. Of the three most popular superheroes, they have two of them. Yep. So. And they have the best villain, the Joker, which is coming out in another movie. It's great. I'm all so, for this. This is this is just about. It's like a, a, a sigh of relief. It's like about time. Yeah. Cool. Moving on to a real life super villain, the Jesus Michael Christ. Jackson documentary "Leaving Neverland" about the sexual abuse allegations has resulted in Jackson songs being pulled from radio stations across the world, and the reassessment of his standing in our culture. No comment. I, yep, I, this is, so you guys don't want to discuss this because it's so touchy, but because uh, it's it's not happy, it's dark. It may not be real, but everyone it's all it's all allegations. Yeah, I'm 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 interested. Oh no, I yeah I because I've, I've done about this actually. Yeah, I've I, done a lot of digging, and everything yep. that I've come up with is comes up with nothing. Like it, he's never actually did anything. But now I don't know what this doc in this documentary that. So Everyone's are you so saying you want to do an episode on, on Leaving Neverland? No, because too no. touchy. Okay. But I'll give you a little okay. bit of background about these guys, which makes me not trust them coming forward now. Well, this is, this they, is going ahead and talking about it, which is... I, but I feel like this is helpful right. information. Bullet points. Bullet, bullet point it. They, as adults, long after their relationship with Michael is done, are under oath in court saying this stuff never happened. They protected his legacy, defended him up until 2016 when they were not able to get jobs with the Michael Jackson uh, tribute tour and show. And then they uh, tried to sell their memoirs talking about how great life was growing up, friends with Michael. Publishers wouldn't take them, and then they made this documentary. Yeah, shady beginnings. 
It, yeah. That's yeah. all we're going to say about and that. They also refused Corey Feldman and Macaulay Culkin to be a part of it. Because they like they they were the two that say, yeah, well, we got fucked up by people, but not him. Yes. Yep. Doesn't fit with their agenda. It's I okay. hate agenda-driven movies and documentaries. All right, so we uh, there there we are. We're not talking about leaving Neverland. Yeah, we don't have to get get actually into it. We so moved so yeah. on. Exactly. So let's get on to the real like things that matter. That Steven Spielberg is pushing the Academy to change the rules of the Oscars to ensure that another Netflix movie doesn't get involved because they don't play by the same rules. And he's not alone. There have been several complaints by crusty old men who hate the change. What is your initial reaction? What is your opinion of this? Okay, so you put out some details here that what they're upset about. Yes. So I'm going to run through them because I think it's actually interesting. I was I was like, come on, just adapt. But I think they have a real gripe here, but their gripe isn't with Netflix. It's just with the movie industry. Like either everyone adapts or no one adapts. But the fact that my movie people have to pay and people have to pay to see and it's only in theaters for 90 days and it can only reach select areas like we on this show appreciate Netflix movies because you don't have to go find them because me Mm -hmm. and John have trouble. So they are that Netflix does have a leg up, but Spielberg and everyone's gripe shouldn't be with Netflix. It should be with their studio saying fucking adapt, put our put our stuff on the Internet as well make it available to everyone put it in theaters but like more you know what i mean so the gripe is with the wrong person i do think there is some undirected some additional backstory i know spielberg definitely and i'm sure other people do too they own shares or portions of like theater chains and stuff so it's good for their pockets if people are going to those theater chains Mm. Mm. hmm like Spielberg owns, I think it's a quarter, maybe a third of AMC. Hmm. Interesting. That that's the different dynamic. I do understand how they're saying like Roma. No one would have fucking cared about Roma at all if they had to leave their house, pay money, and go to a theater to see it. One hundred percent. No one. It wouldn't have. It would have flopped. No one would have fucking went yep. and saw that movie. But even uh, Corone has said that. He said no one would have like gone out to see this. Is the Netflix and streaming model is the only way he could have ever made the movie. Yeah. And it's a good movie, so it deserves to be made. So, w- see, so that, you agree that's... there is a gripe to be had here? I'm just not sure that you can blame Netflix. No, I don't it's th- I, the no, whole no. industry is changing. No, I, I think there, that's a misdirected gripe because, I mean, the world isn't voting on these things. So the, the average person who has easy accessibility... Isn't isn't voting on the best picture? Is the people who have the uh, have votes have access to screeners? So I'm not but sure. But I think their their argument is they will get like negative backlash if they don't pick a movie that like the public wants. The I don't know. That, that's might that's not want that's the right movie. You're getting into more speculation. I'm just saying the the bare bones of them saying like the availability is is throwing them. I mean, people that vote have the availability for all of them. Well, yeah, that's why I just assume they're not talking about just themselves. Yeah. So I, I just, that's, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. I'm just saying that that, that one is kind of weird to me. Yeah. And 
I don't know the whole the the whole Roma spent three weeks as a as a theatrical release theatrical release. Um, that's like the minimum to be nominated. I think that's bullshit. You gotta get rid of that that rule. No, that makes sense to me. I don't. Like no, you have to have like a little bit of amount of time in the theaters. Like I'm okay with that. But no, I, I don't no. think it should be longer than three weeks. They they want to extend it now, which is stupid. Okay, yeah. I mean, if you want to put it in theaters for a little bit, sure. But don't like make it like you have to be three months. Yes, I think the three weeks is a perfect. Yeah. Like amount. I mean, look and at that's the pursuit. current rule now. It is like only a three week rule. What's this? Uh, Netflix doesn't respect the ninety day theatrical window. What is that? It's. They're available they, every day. Y- yes, uh, that is most uh, studios and companies will not put it on VOD until 90 days after opening at the earliest. Yeah. Okay. It's like that's what Netflix is based on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. Hmm. All right. It's an interesting, it's an interesting problem. It is. Uh, the, the world is changing and you have to adapt uh, there's always going to be people dragging the feet, and but this is this is unique because not, it's not just an adaption; it's you have to change the rules. What rules have been in place for ninety one? This years. is what needs to happen. Look at it like bookstores. So in the early two thousands or late nineties, like while you were sleeping, no, not while you were sleeping. Um, what's the Tom Hanks movie? You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. The big book bookstores come and they drove all the little bookstores out and Barnes and Nobles popped up and borders par- popped up and the little bookstores got absolved crushed that same with the record industry CDs killed Ooh. the record right yep now everything will go digital so now Netflix and streaming will be the new borders and Barnes and Nobles in 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 some aspect and they're going to kill the movie theater industry right i think the movie theater industry will revive in like 20 years, 15 years. Cause people will be like, man, I actually really like doing that. And nostalgia will kick it back up, mm-hmm. but the market's going to naturally like, they're going to have to die because the streaming I, industry yeah. is going to have to take over fully. And then people will have a nostalgia factor. Cause now borders is out of business. Barnes and nobles. It's kind of sucks. I went to my local Barnes and noble recently and the shelves were, it looked like they were going out of business, but they weren't. They just don't stock that much to where I went. And local mm. bookstores are actually doing much better because the the tide always turns. But they need to turn with the tide right now and just put everything on the Internet. You know what I think it'll be? I think it'll be a lot more theaters like the Alamo where you pay a little bit more, but it's a premium experience. You can get good food. You can get alcohol in it. And they actually have ushers who – if people talk, you get one warning. You talk again, they kick you out. It'd be nice. I would like that. So a lot. I think that will make a resurgence in, in like fifteen, twenty years when streaming is more the norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. People thought the bowling alley wouldn't die. Hmm. <laughs> uh, wait, are you saying the bowling it did die? Yeah. Wait. Oh yeah. No, I, I, ooh, I know a ton of people who go bowling regularly. There's a resurgence, my man. It's called yeah. King's Bowling. Oh, yeah. Why don't you guys take a sociology class once for me, okay? Read the book, Bowling Alone. I don't want to. Yeah. There's, a book called, there's a book called Bowling for One and talks about how you can track the, you can track the history of American social, socializing through 
the popularity of bowling from the 50s. It was fucking classy. Everyone bowled. You had the shirts, you had leagues. In the 80s, it was an after work thing. Like you got up with your your coworkers and you had teams. And then now, if you want to join a league, you go join one and you bowl alone or you do a league. There's this whole thing about the history of socialization and the as, as TV shows became more popular, bowling became less popular, and it was America's most popular pastime. You might go into the movies. It's going to die. Hmm. Hmm. It's an interesting book. It is. Sounds cool. like it. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, movies coming out this weekend. Uh, this, I see someone added on The Kid. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a limited release, so people like Jimmy and I won't be able to see that one. Oh, is it? I just yeah. assumed it wasn't. Uh-huh, sorry, yeah, you live in fucking Manhattan, you can see everything that ever comes out, sorry. Yeah, I'm excited so, for that. Yeah, you should be, uh, but the big one is Captain Marvel. Everyone's going to be able to see that one. Mm-hmm. It's literally everywhere. Jimmy, can you, can you not wait to see that? You guys told me it's an origin story, so I'm going to try and watch it. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. If I can find yeah. it online. I think you should. All right. Uh, do you guys have any recommendations for this week? Uh, cheers. I'm almost done. Still going. Jesus Christ. This has been forever. It's 11 seasons. Of like You should 20. be able to. They're, they're 20 minute episodes. Yeah, but there's 11, 27 minute episodes. <laughs> I can only watch so many a night. But you should be able to knock out like a season a night. No way. What are you talking about? Uh, but. I mean, this is going on like six months. No, I started October 20th. So I'm excited to finish it before baseball season starts again. Mm-hmm. So I can tweet out. This this is the tweet I'm going to tweet out. I already have a plan. I'm going to say, I spent the off-season watching Cheers. Ask me anything. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the little videos you post up of, like, Woody and, like, how he's changed throughout the seasons. Yeah, he did. They made him. It's very interesting. Oh, and then at the end of season nine on Netflix, they have a reunion special they did for their 200th episode. So it's like a panel. Mm -hmm. And they were talking... And they were asking Woody questions, and they said, a lot of people say you've been a lot meaner lately. And I was like, yeah, I fucking already did that. But the, they fil- they filmed this in 90-whatever. Yeah, way before you said Isn't it. Isn't it weird, though? They like they swiftly gave him a character change in season seven. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. And they just made him a touch nastier. Yeah, they need a little snarkiness. Yeah. That was going to the 90s where it was cooler to be, be, uh, be a dick. I'm like halfway through season 10, so I have... I have a season and a half left and three weeks. You can do it. Yeah. You should be able to do it by the next time we record. Well, I should, but see, I, I was supposed to be watching it with Katie. So I had to like slowly uh, break an away anchor. until it got so far away that I was like, well, you're on your own. Yeah. That's an anchor when you watch it with somebody. Yeah. No matter who it is. It's tough. So go watch cheers. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. I, so, um, Oh, nope. I, yeah, I had some recommendations. Excuse me. I started Conan Without Borders this past weekend, and I love it. I mean, I'm a fan of Conan O'Brien already. I don't know why I hadn't watched this, but it's his travel show. It's hilarious. On uh, Netflix? Yes, it's all on Netflix. Is it new stuff, or is it just old remotes he did? It, uh, the first bunch of them are old remotes, but now he's filming specific ones for Netflix. Like once good. a month or once every other month. Oh, that's interesting. I love Conan, so I'll watch that. Yeah, it, the South Korea one, I was dying laughing. And then, oh, I also started reading The Blitz, which is really interesting. It's about the history of drug use in the Nazi regime. 
Oh, shit. Wow. They do drugs? They, they It was like the drug capital of the world before the Nazis took over, and then they still like prescribed meth to every single one of their soldiers. All right. Sounds like a good last from the past episode. Find me a, just one condensed <laughs> story for it, from it. Yeah, I will. Good job. Look at that. Cross-promoting and everything. <laughs> what about you, Sean? All right. Uh, nothing. I've been doing literally nothing but chores for the past 172 hours. So I haven't been able to do anything. So well, on that note, we're going to wrap this headlines up. Thank you for listening. Check us out on Monday. We're going to be reviewing Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. I think we're going to be recording that on Sunday, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, check us out at, at Six Pack Cinema on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on our new baby Facebook. It's it's Woo. pretty it's pretty infant. Um, we got like two hundred uh, or two hundred fifty new people this past like five days. And that's how I were up to two hundred and fifty two. Exactly. So that's uh it's it's kind of weird. Everyone pops on. And it's like oh look, there's a party. Uh, nothing's going on. It's an empty page, but we're going to get work on that. Yeah, eventually. Cool. And eventually. stat correction, the book's called Bowling Alone. I think I might have said Bowling for One. You did. I like Bowling for Soup. Yeah? It's a great solid band. band. That's like a solid early 2000s Nin- band. 1985, one of the best. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, see you next time. Thanks for listening. Love y'all. The basis for Bowling for Soup so fat. <laughs>